0: It's the Imperial Podcast with Andrew and Eric. Let's talk beer that we're drinking right now, just to get things going. Eight point five percent. That's right in the
1: in the fun zone. Cheers. Cheers.
0: And cheers to beers.
1: Cheers to anyone else out there. If you are listening right now, you should definitely grab a brew, crack yeah, crack that open, and enjoy one while you're listening. Unless you're driving, oh, yeah. then. Don't do that.
0: Unless it's Montana. Wait, what? Is that a real thing? I think you can drink and drive in Montana. I don't think you can. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure you can have an open container in Montana. You can't put... There's a... There's a. If you get a breathalyzer, there's still a law. Um, I think that's a thing, though.
1: That sounds... Well... That sounds ridiculous.
0: You ever been to Montana? You no, know,
1: there's, there's about three, four states, maybe, that... I could see that happening, and that's one of them. Yeah. Like Montana.
0: Montana. Wyoming. Idaho. uh, Alaska. Florida. No. Dude, every crazy story on the news is like, a man in Florida... Florida is the Idaho of the South. I... Okay. I...
1: We need to move on. (laughs) This is not a, this is not a episode about States what are you drinking tell me that
0: I am right now I'm having a homebrew uh, I'm working on the on the porter still the porter house how much you got left in that guy um, not much I honestly didn't expect to get a full glass out of it um, but it's it's running strong it's tasting good still this is the this is one of the best uh, carbonation jobs i've had on a beer the carbonation has been really consistent i'm i'm really happy with it it pours kind of like nitro which i like that i don't know if that's just the style didn't do that on purpose uh i I carbonated it it's sitting at like seven psi right now and that's what it's been most of the time Uh, it's just really smooth did you force carbonate it or you just leave it for a while I slow carbonated it. Okay. Um, I quit force carbonating, maybe a little over a year ago, because I kept over carbonating mm-hmm. beers. I kept turning IPAs into like champagne yep. texture, and it was annoying me. And so I was like, I'm just gonna stop rushing this. Pr- I mean, it's like we're it's like a couple days. Yep. If you just wait a couple more days, then you don't have to worry about yep. it. So, yeah. So just slow carbonating, and it's delicious. Cool. It's going down real smooth. Have you marinated any meat with it? I haven't, but I really should. I don't have any. I don't have any red meat right now that should be marinated. Um, but I have a cow at the butcher shop right now, so steak is on the way. Like it's still alive. Like it's just waiting for its oh, final no, she, day. No, she dead. She's uh, she's bleeding out right now. <laughs> She's got to hang for about two weeks, get all the blood out of there. So, that's a lot. Uh,
1: yeah. You get a whole one, a whole or quarter,
0: half. What'd you do? Uh, Bought a whole, but I'm splitting it with a buddy. Nice. Yeah, it's the way so, to do it. So we, we went in on a whole together. Yeah, this is the second time I've done it. I'll never go back. It's the way to if do it. If you're buying beef at a grocery store, you should stop. It's true. I just. I mean, it's fine. I but... just haven't
1: found a buddy to, to go have these with me. It's tough. It's it's real hard. I feel like that's a level of friendship that you have to like that's a goal of mine. You have to have a yeah. level of friendship with a dude that you're like, Hey Um, like I don't wanna I don't wanna jump ahead too quickly in our relationship, but uh I've really enjoyed our time together. I feel yeah. like I feel like if we really tried we could eat a full cow together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, feel like the kids got along well. Would you and, be interested uh, in that? I mean, we spent the 4th of July together. Maybe it's time we take this relationship <laughs> to the next level and we buy wholesale
1: beef. We're now, we're now cow buddies? That's a K. Okay, that yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's move along. Make me moo. Good night. <laughs> Let me tell you what I'm drinking.
0: I, yeah, what's your I'm here?
1: drinking uh, right now Disco Wolf from Fremont. It's a double Oof. IPA. Uh, Tell me about it. Disco Wolf was actually once I so I bought that beer uh, for some friends of ours. I brought it over to uh, a a dinner, and we were later gonna go to Mexico together. Not just me and the mm-hmm. dude. We're not cow buddies, but um,
0: it's what a cow, yeah.
1: But uh, <laughs> we. We're going to Mexico a little bit later, the, both couples, and he, at that point, is like, you know what? You can just, that'll be my nickname for our trip. You just call me Disco Wolf. I like that. Yeah. Didn't call him that once. Did you? No. No, no, uh, no. Not, <laughs> not even a little bit. Uh,
0: that's that's a nickname you earn.
1: Well, and I also felt like if I was going to do that, I should I should learn it in Spanish, and I just didn't put the time in to figure that out ahead of time. Uh so that's what yeah. I'm drinking. It's almost it's good. It's pretty solid. A little bit on the sweet side for me, but it's good. Awesome.
0: Good. I love Fremont. Okay, cool. So let's talk about beer. I uh we we thought it'd be fun to talk about homebrewing. Andrew and I are both homebrewers. Uh if you've listened to this before you'd know that. We talk about it. And I just said I'm drinking homebrew. Um so I don't know about you Drew but whenever whenever people find out I homebrew they're fascinated. And not because I'm fascinating but people seem to be like blown away by the concept of making beer at home. It's the best. Even though in my mind as a person who's doing it it's like there's like a it's a giant market. Like lots of people are making beer at oh, yeah. home. Yeah. But genuinely I only know like two other guys but other than me that brew beer consistently yeah. and that's you and our and our buddy Tyler. So how long have you been brewing? How'd you get into it? How'd that process start for you?
1: Okay. Uh I actually I think S Mainsters here hopefully. Hold on. Uh I Dang it, I don't have a date in this book. So I have a like recipe, a recipe book. Um, As you should. I think. Let me see. This is first year. That might be second year. So I'm gonna say at least since 2016. Nice. Uh, yep. Probably towards the end, middle end of 2016. Uh, actually, I remember making the first beer was for an Oktoberfest. So, uh. 2016 Oktoberfest. Um, I got into homebrewing because I I like beer, and beer in itself can it started to be a little bit more expensive, and I had some other buddies that had homebrewed before. There's two of them that took a class at a college, and I was super jealous that I didn't do that, um, and. So when they, you know, one of them moved away for a while, uh, the other one just stopped. And so I kept on bugging him like, Hey dude, I'll homebrew with you. I don't really know what I'm doing, but let's do it. And after a couple of years of that, he finally just said, you know, I just don't have the time right now. He had a couple of kids in high school and uh, he said, I'll just, I'll just give you my stuff. Like you just, you can have it. So he gave me his gear and I thought. That sounds fantastic. And then our buddy Tyler, at the same time, um, I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to do this. He said, that sounds awesome. So he jumped in and grabbed some gear too. Um, We don't have, I don't have the best, but the fact that I, and then another friend of ours, eventually like a year later, kind of supplemented what I had already. Um, So everything I have is homemade, uh, pretty much. So, I mean, I use the, I use the turkey roaster, Uh, for heat um, or burner out there the propane yeah yeah. Um, I have I'm pretty sure it is the same kettle that you would use to uh, (laughs) to do a turkey in and then uh, my buddy had made a cooler like a I don't know just your standard I don't know how big it is like a cool 45 quarts yep that you'd have a bunch of you know picnic beers in. Uh. Yep. So he retrofitted that with a spigot on the side and also has the um my mind's blank right now. The little uh coil in there so the yep. it filters through that. Yep. Um so that's my mash tun. And it is it is at this point it's gotta be close to ten years old. Still using it. Um and then I'm trying to think what else I got The only other piece really that I have is obviously some carboys um and then I have again it's homemade, but it's a copper coil that allows allows it to cool down. I don't even know what they call that right now um yeah that's that's what my system I use. It's not nothing fancy at all, and to be honest with you. I've spent very little of my own money on it. Mm-hmm. Uh but now I make 5 gallons of beer for I don't know, depends on how much I already have uh in- ingredients wise with me, but like 35 to maybe 50 if I get a little crazy, but yeah. Not it's pretty it's pretty fantastic. And you keg? Yeah. Yep, I made a decision real quick right up front. I was like, you know, I don't want to mess with bottles. I know that you can, obviously, you can keep the beer longer and you can give it away a little bit easier that way. Um, but there's so much more as far as sanitation, and I just thought it's it just kegs are so much easier. So
0: Yeah, smart. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm about that same timeline. I think I started homebrewing... In 2017, end of 16, beginning of 17, somewhere in there, um, I got into it. You know, partially. You and I had some conversations. Yeah. I knew you were gonna, you were getting your system going. I watched you brew one time, and I was yeah, like, I can do this for sure. You watched and an idiot
1: do it, and you're like, dude, that guy's an idiot.
0: Well, that's really the ticket, idiot or not. Um, <laughs> the ticket is that people people think it's way more complicated than it is. It's tea. You're making tea, in um, my. That's what I. That's how I explain it to people, anyways. But my dad was a home brewer for a while. My dad and my uncle were home brewers uh, before I was around. I don't remember them ever doing that. But as soon as I mentioned to my dad, like, yeah, I think I'm gonna try home brewing. My dad's a beer fan. He was like, oh, I've got a bunch of homebrew equipment, and same kind of thing. He busted out this homemade kit you know they like they like went to went to a brewery and bought a keg and then just never returned it so they didn't get their deposit back don't do that by the way (laughs) that's a terrible thing to do to a brewery (laughs) just let them just go buy there's yeah today there's plenty of other things
1: look at ebay look at craigslist just facebook
0: yeah so they they bought a they bought a half barrel and Um, used a metal grinding blade to cut the top off of it and drill the hole in it and put a ball valve on it and turned it into a kettle. So my, my original homebrew system was a 25 year old keg that had been chopped up with a crappy (laughs) saw of some kind. Um, and same thing. Turkey turkey fryer was my heat source with propane. And uh the only difference was that I I never used a mash tun in my original system. I have always done a brew in a bag system or used extract. When I was first mm-hmm. starting, I, I used extract at the beginning because I was taking advice from my dad and he was like, We used extract back in back in my day. And um so I did that for a long time, made some beer, then got really interested in making better beer, and and that includes switching to switching to all grain mm-hmm. instead of using extract. Made the switch to all grain and and kind of really started going going hard at the brew in a bag system, which um, is you're making tea. You got a giant cheesecloth, throw all your grains in there, you drop it in the hot water, and you let it hang out. Um, and same same as you had a copper coil to cool the system off when it was time, and um, and carboys um glass carboys to ferment and then I keg as well and my dad had a couple kegs that I had to like replace all the parts on because they were old and dried up and uh, weren't working right weren't staying, staying sealed but about a year ago I uh, bought a new system bought a homebrew system designed to make homebrew I'm so jealous of that too after it's, it's very fun it, it was months and months of research and more time on youtube that i'm proud to admit um and i bought a 100 percent electric system from a company called claw hammer supply claw hammer supply where are they out of north carolina they're uh they're a very small operation it's a uh, it's a couple couple dudes who are just into making beer. I found them on YouTube because I was just watching. I love to watch videos of guys homebrewing, and I found this channel called Clawhammer. And these guys were super funny and quirky, and they were just making these silly homebrew videos. And they seemed like guys that I would hang out with. And after following them on YouTube for about a year. They dropped a Kickstarter that they were gonna make a they were gonna make a homebrew system that was electric and ran on 120, so you didn't have to have special power, which is pretty rare for for a big homebrew system. And um, yeah, so I jumped in on their Kickstarter and got one of their 10 gallon systems, and it's been the best decision I've ever made. It's a 10-gallon kettle, uh, electric heat element. So the reason I started researching homebrew systems was I live in Spokane. It gets very cold in Spokane in the winter. Um, Today was pretty warm, and the high was 36. And, like, like I wore a sweatshirt, and that's it. So what was happening was I couldn't brew in the winter because the propane and the turkey fryer, I couldn't get to a boil outside. And I'm a little freaked out about bringing propane in my house. And I don't have a garage, so uh, I don't have a garage that has electricity or lights. So I have like a shed, basically. <laughs> so it just it wasn't working. So I was trying to make beer in the winter, and it would never get hot enough. And the and I kept trying, and I was just making terrible beer. It was still beer, but barely. It had a little bit of alcohol in it, but it was not fun to drink. It was nasty. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I got to figure out something. I got to figure out a way to do this indoors, and. Yeah, so I switched to an electric system. Now I brew inside, and it's awesome. The ticket to success, I would tell anybody if you want to change the way you homebrew. If you're a homebrewer and you're like, oh, Christmas is coming up, how do I buy myself a gift? Buy a pump. Buy a pump. Trust me. Uh, You can get a really, really good liquid pump, like a magnetic pump on Amazon for like a hundred bucks and beer goes in one side, beer comes out the other and you never have to siphon ever again. And it's incredibly fast. Like I can go from, I can take five gallons of beer from my kettle into my fermenter in like 30 seconds. It is awesome. Um, so yeah, I can now brew inside, which has completely changed the game. And with complete that system with complete temperature control, which is temperature control is really helpful as well yep set it and forget it I can set the temp at whatever I want it to be and it, it holds that temperature um, so essentially and... I'm
1: still brewing beer on a Weber grill and you're brewing beer on like a Traeger or a Camp Chef that's what you're doing
0: yeah it's just you bring electricity into the game and once something becomes electrical then it's a lot easier to control yep. than playing the candy thermometer propane game where you're just like, I'm trying to hold this mash at 155 or you know 152 or whatever. 155 would be a little high. Uh, and you touch the propane a hair and it goes to 170. Yep. And you're like, crap. And you turn it down a little bit and it drops to 120. And you're like, yep. crap. Yep. And if it's 25 degrees outside – I was just tired of playing that game. I yep. just kept messing up beer. Um, so I'm living. I'm living in a really good homebrew world right now, and the Clawhammer guys are the coolest. Um, they're still awesome. It's. Uh, I think they have two employees, and it's like a part time thing. They they both have other jobs, from my understanding. They're they just operate out of the, one of the guys, one of the owners' houses, and he lives like. Within walking distance of New Belgium. And so they have a New Belgium employee that is just like one of their buddies that comes down and they have amazing videos on YouTube with awesome recipes cool. from a guy who brews at a very prestigious uh, large-scale brewery. Yeah. So it's fun. It's fun to hear him break down recipes and and they're just funny and, and good dudes. So check them out, clawhammersupply.com and claw hammer supply on YouTube.
1: Um, that's awesome. That's
0: awesome. What have you bre- you just brewed? I did just brew. What did you what did you do?
1: Um I so this is whenever I brew, first of all, part of the once I started a homebrew, the reason why I keep doing it, right? So this is now four four plus years that I've been doing this. Or working on, I guess, four years. Um, oh yeah, over four years now. I I love the fact that it's a blend of science and creativity. Like mm-hmm. it's absolutely a science experiment each time. And that's super intriguing and fun. Yep. Um, to see how different pieces react to each other. And then it's completely creative. Like you can mm. you can try to fix and Play with and adjust, and that's all fun for me. So, I thoroughly enjoy it. If I haven't homebrewed in a while, like this is the first time in a long time that I homebrewed, in Egypt, I I've missed it. It's just like, oh my gosh, I should have done this a long time ago. But
0: yeah.
1: uh, this last, <laughs> this last time, I knew I had some like extra grain and stuff that I've been holding on to for a while, and I kind of. Our our brewery here in town where I usually buy my homebrew uh, ingredients from, they were kind of open and closed back and forth because of COVID. And so I just went through and I just looked at what I had in my closet. Like, all right, what, what do I got to work with? So I never once, this time, I never once looked at a single recipe online, um, which usually, and I've only tried one time to use a recipe online that I found. And then I couldn't find the ingredients and so I just adjusted a few and I so I still didn't even do that. Um mm-hmm. this time I didn't look at anything. I just I looked at what I had and I thought, that'll make a dark beer. We'll try it out. It. So who knows who knows if it's gonna be good or not? So far, so after the right you know, as I was kegging it, um, I took the original gravity and you, I always drink that like out of the cylinder and mm-hmm which is usually pretty sweet. This also was pretty sweet. But I feel after that little sample, I I don't think I'm going to be disappointed on it. Unless the fermentation sucks uh, for some reason, and it's not. So far, everything's like clockwork. Should be decent. So this is a dark beer. uh, And we've just... uh, You and I have talked a little bit before, like... Neither of us, I don't know if we're good enough to say exactly. Like, this dark beer is a stout. This dark beer is a porter. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like... I don't know.
0: Anyway. Yeah, it, even if you look at, like, style guides, it's very confusing and unclear what, like, where the line is between stout and porter.
1: Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see. If this comes up, I'm assuming this is going to be a little bit uh, smoother. On the smooth side, so I'm going to call it a porter, probably, and I'm just going to call it a like empty the shelf porter because it literally was. I like that. It was everything that I had, just dumped in, and then i I yeah. didn't buy any grain at all. So and I emptied right. all of my, like I have no more grain left. So it was uh this is what I put in there. Uh, six ounces of carapils, uh, ten ounces of crisp brown, eight ounces of Care munich eight ounces of crisp chocolate, eight ounces of two row black, 16 ounces of barley. And then I had about 12 pounds of just uh two row that I, that I had for my base. That's going to be dark, bro. It is dark. And it's, that's got some gas in it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be delicious. Cool. So, um, I did a hour long boil, um, hour long in the mash, uh, I try to keep the mash so this was a cold day outside. Um I think we were in at night right before I was um actually putting in the in the carboy. I think it was 30 degrees, something like that. So I did it was work for the um for the mash to try to keep that consistent. I poured in I think at 167, knowing that it was gonna drop. Um at thirty minutes, I usually do a check and it was dropping below 150, So I added a couple more gallons yeah. that I'd already heated up. Um, so I think it came out. All right. Cause I, I ended up with the original gravity of one Oh five nine. Uh, which okay. as long as, as long as the efficiency is there, I'm assuming that'll be around like a six to seven, six and a half, something like that yeah. percent ABV.
0: That's going to be awesome. Uh,
1: the, Couple things I did buy. I didn't have yeast, so I bought it, and I just used the Safe Ale US 05. And then the uh-huh. um, hops, I put in an ounce of Northern Brewer uh, at the beginning of the boil, an ounce of Mount Hood at 30 minutes, and then an ounce of Fuggle uh, right at the end. So it, as I took it off the heat. So that's, that's what I did. Um, Killer. Sorry, what was the yeast? The Safale USO oh, five. 05, Okay, that's awesome. It's man. the pink. The pink. That's yeah. That's kind of my. I don't know. That's my or it's red, I guess. Not pink. Uh, yeah. I always go. That's just kind of my standard. And then every once in a while, if I'm making something, I want to like change it up. I'll venture yeah. out. Um, I know that there's a lot, probably more. I don't know. I know there's a lot better yeast out there, but just as far as a standard yeast, that all, so far it's always fermented really well for me, and the f- yeah, the flavor's not been off, so
0: right. I'm good with that. Old faithful, dry yeast, cost three bucks a packet. Yep. Can't go wrong. Yep. Easy.
1: So I spent, because I already had all the grain, I spent less than $10 to brew this time.
0: Wow. I can't wait to have that when I'm down for the holidays. You will. You will. Um so part of I think before we move on to, to another recipe, one of the greatest joys for me there's there's two things that I really look forward to when I brew. The first is taking that swig of wart mm-hmm. out of the out of my hydrometer tube because it's like piss warm. <laughs> it's like you know, seventy degrees. Yep. It's not carbonated. It's not fermented. It's just this There's syrupy sweet. Yeah, it's just this syrupy sweet hoppy liquid juice. But when that tastes, when that when you put that when you take a swig of that, it's not obviously like you wouldn't have a glass yeah. of it. But there, you can tell that it's beer. Yep. Or it's gonna be yep. beer. When that tastes like, oh. That tastes good. Yep. That is a really good feeling. Yep. It's like, holy cow, I did it. Because I have made beer where I take that swig and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've done I've done something terribly wrong. This tastes like pee. I've
1: made a horrible mistake. Uh, what is that?
0: Somewhere along this, I didn't pay close enough attention or I did not sanitize the right way along the, along the journey. The second thing I love about making homebrew is naming beer. Yeah. So you just threw out a name. Um what'd you say clear the shelf, clean up? Yeah,
1: something like that. I haven't I haven't landed clean, the, clean the shelf. I haven't landed the plane officially, but it's going to be along those lines like empty the shelf, clear the yeah. shelf, some.
0: So do you normally name So I I do this weird thing where I have a recipe book and I always write when I'm writing down my recipe, I write down the style of beer that it is. And I don't name it until I taste it because I feel like there's something there's like I feel like I'm gonna have an epiphany when I drink the first pint where I'm like okay this is called no your mom's foot or whatever I don't wait you go for it
1: because I well so far I feel like I've been pretty good like you said on the on the wart swig I pretty much have a you have a really good idea what it's gonna end up at as yeah. long as the fermentation doesn't do something funky. Um, and usually I will have already planned out, you know, for a week or two what I'm going to make. So I have a pretty good idea, like name in mind. My favorite so far, one of my favorites, and this is, it's kind of funny. This is another dark beer. I've made, I've only, I don't know. I don't only make dark beers. I make a lot of IPAs too, but um I call it Midnight Rider. Uh mm. in like as a as a um tribute to the almond brothers cuz yeah. it's a porter that I add almond extract into. Great. And I've made it twice and both times it was rock solid. So yeah, I don't wait to name it. I have, like, I've got you a go plan in, I've got a plan in mind. I know what it's going to be. Awesome. And I'm just like, this is what this is. I, I name it into it existence.
0: Yeah. That's one of the best things about homebrewing is everybody does it a little different. Yeah, Like, that's just, that's totally great. I love that. I love yeah. that you go for it right away.
1: Yeah. I don't feel like I'm going to wait to name my child until after I hold him in my arms. But some people do.
0: Valid. Some people do. Valid. Um all right so I'll I'll share a quick recipe and then we'll and then we'll move yeah. on from the beer stuff. And which is perfect timing cuz I'm about ready for a refill. Um I brewed I brewed uh let's see. I brewed a little over a week ago. I brewed on November 27th. Okay, so a little over 2 weeks ago. Uh right in there Thanksgiving time. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh so I I brewed a Hefweizen. I've never brewed I've never brewed a Hefweizen before. Me neither. Um it's my wife's favorite genre of beer. Yeah. And um and I I I like yeah I like Hef. Yeah. Wid- Widmer Woodmere Brothers. As we talked in one of the Yeah, in, you know, the Widmer Hef. is the first beer I fell in love with. Um What's interesting is uh I feel like People are really missing out on hefs because uh, it's. It, I feel like it's less common to get a lemon slice in it, mm-hmm. but traditionally that's that's what you should do yes. is, is throw a slice of lemon in it. So I'm a big fan of that, and I'm looking forward to having this hef, uh, which I haven't named yet because I haven't tasted it. But based on uh, you know, I took a swig, uh, took a swig before fermentation, took a swig after fermentation, and the color and the clarity, everything looks. Muy bien. Were I'm you very excited. So, what
1: did you are you going on a recipe? Did you come up with your own way? You, how did you do
0: that? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh I I did some research on like basic grain bills for yep. a half. Yeah. Th- that's what I was a little unsure of. Um I knew that uh I knew that I wanted it I wanted to add some kind of natural citrus to it in case I didn't have any lemons. So I threw citra hops in it. Yeah. Which I don't is not necessarily common. It there is some citra in Widmere Hef. Which is what gave me that idea. So you can enjoy it. You'll get some citrusy notes. If you don't have a lemon, you're having it out of a bottle. I like that. But if you throw a lemon in it, it's gonna really boost it. Um and I get recipes mainly from um, beerandbrewing.com, from Clawhammer. They have tons of recipes um, from Brewlosophy is a website I go to yeah. quite a bit. Um, so Greenbill is four and a half pounds of pills, four of uh, two row pills, sorry. Uh, four and a half pounds of white wheat, eight ounces of Munich, and eight ounces of dextrin. Um, pretty... Pretty plain Jane Grain Bill there. Um, Hops were a half ounce of Holitter at 60 minute mark, Mm -hmm. an ounce of Holitter at flame out, and an ounce of Citra at flame out. So it smells way more citrusy than I expected. And that just, that has to be from the Citra in my mind. Right. Um, so, yeah, mashed uh, mashed the grains at 152 for an hour and then 60-minute boil with the hop additions. And then the yeast is an American Hef. It's called the American Hef from Y-Yeast, which is a liquid yeast company. And they, that strand is 1010. I really like Y-Yeast. Yeah, I'm I a big fan of using um, liquid yeast. Uh, yep. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh I'm, of Y yeast. The the brew shop I go to carries Y yeast and Imperial mm-hmm. yeast. Um and I've had I mean nothing but success with with both. Um, it's nice to not have to do a yeast starter when you want to really crush some ABVs. Yeah. So I like that it's got a little nutrient, it's it's got a little extract already in the pack right. and you mm-hmm. slap that thing open and um, yeah, so I'm stoked about the numbers, too. Original Gravity was 1044. Final Gravity was 1002. So it's going to be crisp and refreshing because it's got very little sugar in it yeah. at the end, which gave me an ABV of like 5.5. Yep. Um, so I'm really thrilled. Uh, it should be – it's been in the keg for – it's been in the keg since – it's been in the cake since like Thursday or Friday, yeah. and I tried to pour a glass to drink for this podcast, and it, it, I poured about a half glass. And it was just a, it's just a, uh, just a little bit flat still. Yeah. So I think it'll, I think it'll be ready to go tomorrow.
1: And you're doing, you're doing a full ten gallon every time.
0: I'm not There's doing ten five. gallons every time. I'm doing five gallons okay. most of the time. Yeah. So my kettle is. The actual volume of it is ten and a half gallons. Mm-hmm. Um, I could do, I could do a ten gallon batch, but I would have to add water to the fermentation buckets. So it would bas- basically, I'd be making like extract because it can't hold ten gallons of liquid plus the, all the grain. So, but there's like ratios you can do. Where you you know, you add you have eight gallons of water, and you have uh to do ten gallons of it because you're not a doing a mash time. Forget grain. about that. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And then basically you make syrup, and you put half of that syrup in one bucket. I ferment in buckets yeah. now, five gallon buckets instead of or six gallon buckets instead of glass. Um, so you put half of it in one, half of it in the other, and then you fill those buckets up with water. Stir it, and that kind of dilutes that into one very large batch of beer Hmm. but I've never tried that on this system Hmm. but they say you can do it I bet someone has and Clawhammer also has a 20 gallon system I don't have enough friends but you have to have special electricity to do that and my house does not have that you have to have like stinking three phase power (laughs) that's (laughs) a lot of juice (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of juice to boil 20 gallons of liquid. Yeah. So, all right. Cool. Anything else about homebrewing? It's great. I love it. Okay. It's the best. I'm going to go pee, and I'm going to grab a beer, and then we will continue. Okay. All right. Did you open another beer? Yeah. I'm
1: drinking... I switched over to what I think is going to just be my fridge beer at this point. Like, I like having a Come good on. variety of beers. Um this used to be... I've gradually improved my quality for my fridge beer. Um, yeah. And it used to be Session from Full Sail, which I love Session. I love all the Sessions. Great. They're all fantastic. Um, But I think I'm just going to start doing this. Uh, Sierra Nevada Paleo.
0: The OG, it the is, original gangster.
1: It, it is never bad. There's never a moment that yep. you open that and you're like, ah, that's not really what I wanted. It's always yep. Yep. It's a good beer.
0: Um I think already talked about on this podcast, but the what what some what a lot of people would consider the first craft beer. Yeah. Uh the first the first, like, we're gonna put hops in this beer and it's not gonna taste like anything else made in America.
1: We need to do an episode where we talk about and we'll get there, but uh, where we talk about kind of the history and through Prohibition and what Prohibition mm-hmm. did to the beer scene beforehand, what it was going, and then what it is what it is afterwards uh, and how long yep. it's taken to build back up the beer world. Because really, I mean, it went to almost a monopoly. Uh, so in mm-hmm. the craft beer boom, which really, it wasn't a boom until, I don't know, when Officially, when people want to call it, but like the two thousands uh, yep. and before then, you know, you had you had some guys out there like Sierra Nevada and Full Sail and uh, Same Sam Adams, Adams. That's what I was gonna say. That uh, they're just doing it, doing it right, and mm-hmm. it's funny. Anyway, yeah. so that's my that's my beer fridge a... right now. Fridge, fridge. That's beer. awesome.
0: Beer fridge, fridge beer. I have a great. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Homebrew Clone, mm. if you ever want to make it. They're they're very open with sharing their recipes yeah. for all the beer they make. I appreciate that. And I made their I make their pale ale once a year and it's stinking bomb. Uh I am drinking Citrus Mistress from Hop yeah. Valley Brewing Company in Eugene, Oregon. Oregon. Yep. Um, and uh yeah, it's a IPA with grapefruit peel. Yeah. And I am drinking this beer because I bought it for the Seahawk game. Because they sell this beer at Seahawk mm-hmm. Games in sixteen ounce cans. And I went reverse psychology on my Seahawk mojo this week because Seahawks have lost had lost three of their last four yeah. and three of their last five, excuse me. And so uh I shifted gears and said, I'm not going to drink homebrew this time. I'm going to go buy beer that they sell at the stadium. Switched my jersey. Went back to an old jersey. And switched my Who's hat. jersey? Because I wear the same. I went back to my Marshawn Lynch jersey. Marshawn Lynch home jersey. Okay. Um, from the Super Bowl year. I wore my Super Bowl championship Seahawk hat. And I drank... Uh, citrus mistress and we got the dub big blowout win so shout out to
1: so we found that we found uh-huh. we found the correct equation like they're
0: right you yeah. got it yep yeah. i'm not superstitious but i'm, I'm a little all right My, michael scott yeah it's a big yeah it's a big shift from the porter uh, it's like orange juice after brushing your teeth yeah uh yep gotta wash it all around my mouth <laughs> okay next topic today we're going to talk about dogs, dogs. andrew and i are both dog Where are my guys dogs at? we both we both love dogs have yep. dogs uh i'm a i'm a any kind of dog guy I, there's not a dog i don't like yep and uh but as far as dog ownership, we have been on very opposite sides of the dog size yeah. scale. So that's a fun thing about that's a fun thing that we both like dogs but have different dogs. Um, so I thought it'd be fun if we if we started with talking about our own dogs, yep. and then maybe a a good dog story or two. Okay.
1: You want me to go first? Yeah. I okay. Do. Uh, my own dogs, I'll go through, this is going to be in chronological order through the years. Uh, the first dog, so I'm going to go back to my childhood because we always had dogs growing up too. So that's, I'm a dog guy from birth. Um, our first dog that I remember, her name was Heidi and she was a Springer Spaniel. And she, from what I was told was a fantastic dog. Uh, but she, Heidi died, I think, when I was like five. So, mm. and I remember that pretty sad story. Pretty, poof. Pretty rough. Pretty rough. Uh, won't get into the details. Uh, when I was six, my parents decided, and specifically my dad, he's like, he. My dad's a big hunter, and so he wanted like the best hunting dog that he could find, and he'd done some research. And so he was all about the German pointers. So we went... And I grew up in uh, western Oregon. And we drove to Idaho. And... At, I mean, this is pre-internet. I don't even know how... He, I think he found... I think he found the breeder through a magazine. Like, that's how he found the people. Um, oh. We drove all the way to Idaho and bought a long-haired German sh- uh, pointer. So or excuse me not long hair wire hair this was um, and because she was a german dog according to my parents she needed a german name i did not get a namer but supposedly she was my dog so her name was brinka i was 6 that's the weirdest name for a dog ever I don't even know if that's an actual German name. I've never I've never watched a movie <laughs> or anything and they're like, you know, Fräulein, Brinka, what? That's not a... Anyway. Uh, yep. Brinka was a great dog. She was good. She was fine. Uh, she wasn't my dog. She was my dad's dog. 100% all the time. Um, then, fast forward, kind of Brinka last through, I think... I don't remember when she died. I think I might've already been in college. Like she lived quite a while. I was either. Whoa. Yeah. So six to, I mean, she, yeah, I think that sounds right. I think she was, um, like 12, 13, something like that. And I was in college. Um, wow. so that was my childhood dogs. When Amy and I got married, Amy had never had a pet really growing up. So it took some convincing of my wife. And we had you know, we went through a couple apartments and finally we had our, our own house that we bought and I had to ver- I had to play the slow game like, okay, I can't I can't ask too much of her too quickly. I gotta do this right. Um and eventually friends of ours got dogs as well and they got dogs first they um and they got two they'd only been married like 5 minutes and they went out and bought two dogs um and their dogs that they bought were from the Walmart parking lot which i'm not sure if you are familiar with this the Walmart parking lot is is notorious for the worst dogs ever um <laughs> Uh, yeah. they were yeah.
0: don't, don't buy a dog oh, in a laundry anyway, basket anyway
1: um, they were I believe German Shepherd and Border Collie Mix and they had so I was kind of looking pretty seriously Um, I went back a second time and the dogs were all gone because um, I got permission from my wife because you do that and then they were all gone And a week later, my buddy that bought the dogs from him got a phone call from the owner and said one of the dogs got returned. A a big red flag. If you've ever, Mm -hmm. if you're considering buying a puppy and someone returned it, (laughs) there's a red flag there. Just pay attention. Um, So I go meet with him and it's a, it does not look at all like the other puppies. What I learned is in one litter, you can have multiple dads. I don't know if you knew that. That's science. So this dog looked a little different. And it was a German... What we found out later, we believe it was a German Shepherd Chow mix. Uh, Those are two very stubborn, strong-willed dogs, dog breeds in there. Mm -hmm. And we named him Hogan after uh, one of our favorite... Uh, bars that we have in town
0: the greatest bar in all the land
1: and uh so loved Hogan but Hogan was a one person dog I mean he I mean I was the one person he was on guard with Amy like he would literally sit on guard in our house if I was not home he would sit with his back to Amy guarding her from the street while inside um Hogan was not safe by any means for anybody else. Uh he nipped at my dad multiple times. He never bit anyone, but he tried. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh yep. he tried to bite a kid cuz he pulled his ear once. Uh that was on 4th of July and I had to tackle him so he didn't. Um there's another young guy that was over at our house, and he was terrified of dogs. And I told him right up front, this is not the dog for you to get comfortable with. If you're terrified of yeah. dogs, you should just stay on the other side of the room. We'll have a nice conversation, yeah. but you don't. this is not the dog for you to, like, test yeah. the waters. He didn't listen yeah. to me. He tried to pet him a couple times, and Hogan was like, who's this guy, like, trying to pet me? And... Yeah. At first, like, he gave him one warning, like, the upper lip curl thing, and was like, dude, back up. I will destroy you. And the second time, the guy tried to pet him, and it was, like, the weakest pet ever, like, right on, like, right just above his tail. Like, as far away from his head as he could put. And Hogan, I mean, it was an instant, and he was, had spun around and was going after him. And I had to, like, again, like, bear hug him. And the kid jumped on top of the back of our couch. <laughs> oh man. He Poor was guy. terrified. And I mean there's other people in our house, but he was so terrified, it rattled him so much that he left. He just told me he was like, Andrew, I I mean, I appreciate you having me over, but um I just I Ugh. I gotta I gotta go. And he left. Um so we we were at a very difficult approaching a very difficult situation of this dog's gonna yeah. bite someone and i'm gonna is gonna be a problem and we i mean honestly we got so deep into Caesar Milan and training and training and training and training i mean I worked hard with him it's not because of we didn't try um eventually, and really I think this is like a godsend. And it sounds awful to put it that way, but he got lupus uh, that was essentially eating away his skin on his face. So Mm. you take an angry dog and then you add that. And our vet said he will never be just a happy dog. He will always be in in some form of pain and he will always be on medication. He will never not be on medication and he will never not be unhappy. Yeah. Um so at that point he's about 3 years old and even though he wasn't a great dog he was still my dog and we had to put him mm-hmm. down and that was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. I mean it just I hate Horrible. it. I hate it. I hate it. Oh, it
0: feels it. it feels so bad.
1: So that was Hogan. Um and that was remember this is my wife's first pet. She's mm-hmm. like what did we just do? what was that all about? So I told her, I was like, she's like, this is cool. Thanks yeah. for convincing. I was me. like, Aim, this is not a normal experience. They're way, they're way better than, than this. Um, and I, I wasn't going to push it for a while. I was going to give her some space and just like, let it cool. She actually came back to me a couple months later and was like, I think I know that you want a dog. I have some stipulations though. If we're going to get a dog, Let's do it with intention. And let's do it right. Not a Walmart parking lot dog. Yeah. So yeah. we decided. Um, she decided. She's like, it needs to not shed. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a th- that's great a thing. Uh, and she said it needs to be in. It needs to be great with people. So those are the two things. It needs to not shed. It needs to be great with people. Um. So we I researched for a little while and I stumbled upon the golden doodle, mm-hmm. and. Um, we immediately just kind of fell in love with the idea of them, with the videos of them, all the research. It was like, this is this is an amazing dog. And yeah. they're also expensive, uh, but I found someone that was breeding them in Oregon and got... Uh, I, it was a little bit sketchy. This is not like a... This was not a major... Uh, breeder. This is just some like family that didn't have a whole lot of income just doing this on the side. Um, so we go and kind of work it out where I was going to be able to pick from the litter. That was a big, big deal for me. I wanted to be able to pick the dog out from all of the litter cause I didn't want the, I didn't want the alpha male, you know, the alpha dog. And I also didn't want the runt. I wanted one with the personality I wanted. Yep. And we get there and there's, I don't know, like 10 or 12 puppies in this circle and all the dogs, they're super cute. And they're just like jumping and climbing all over each other, except for one dog. And this dog would sit back. So she's not up on the fence. She's not up with the other dogs. She's back. And she would literally just sit and wag her tail and look at me. Lock. I, I mean, she was locked onto me the whole time. I would walk all the way around and she would just follow me. She wouldn't ever run and jump up on the on the fence. Uh she could care less if other dogs ran into her. She's just like out of my way. That's my guy. That's my Garrett. Yeah. So it was very obvious uh, that that was going to be our dog. We named her Jovi, J O V I E, like the character from Elf. Mm. And uh and she's been the greatest dog in the world. Uh, she is a dream. She is the happiest, friendliest. I mean, she's just perfect. She still does the same thing where she will, um, she will walk up to me and instead of jumping up on me or instead of ignoring me, she will just sit next to me, wag her tail and look at me like, I'm here. If you want to pet me, I would love, I would love to just lean in and cuddle with you for a little bit. But if that's not what you yeah. want to do, I'm content to be right here, and she's she's the best. <laughs> um, she the so best. that's Jovi, and when we got Jovi, after a little while, I was like, okay, I think we may have found our breed, um, mm-hmm. although this, we're rediscussing this as we speak right now, but, um, uh, and after a couple of years of Jovi, I was like, you know, I should probably, if we're going to do two dogs, and that was kind of the idea that we had, that we would have two dogs, so our dogs could have someone to play with. Yeah. Um and I wanted to stagger the dogs. Uh so I thought, well, because you want one dog to train the next one kinda, so you don't have to train all by yourself. Also I heard that you're supposed to rotate genders, so that's a thing. Um so I found another um another breeder up actually in your neck of the woods. Um but really in the woods, like out of out of town away. Okay. Uh, They lived completely off the grid, which was kind of, it was another family. uh, And it was this daughter. She was like, I think in junior high, maybe high school. And she had a, what she called a horse habit uh, where she loved horses. And in order to pay for her horses, she bred golden doodles. So that's how she afforded her horses.
0: Good for her. Little entrepreneur.
1: Uh, So I drive out into the middle of nowhere, just hoping I don't get, murdered, uh, and again, picked picked the one out that I wanted, um, and this time it was a boy, and his name is Watson. Um, we would have gone for Buddy from the elf also, because Jovi and Buddy would have made a lot of sense, except for mm-hmm. my sister-in-law and brother-in-law got a dog in between, and they named it Buddy. Cool, guys. Mm-hmm. It kind of ruined my plan. Uh, anyway.
0: Stole. Stolen Valor. Uh,
1: So we named him Watson like Sherlock Holmes and Watson and Watson is, so Jovi's a lot more as far as her coat. She's about 55 pounds, full grown. Uh, Her coat's a lot more poodly so way, way like tight, spiral Um, really just a nightmare to try and manage but uh, super cute. Watson's way more on the golden retriever side both of them are um, F1s so that's Purebred, golden retriever, purebred poodle. Um, Watson's way more golden retriever. Um, So a little bit straighter hair. I mean, he kind of has that look of a golden retriever. And he's kind of the biggest. He's just a goofball, like goon, hilarious, clumsy. uh, And the oh my gosh, he is the biggest cuddler. And he's enormous. He's huge. He is he hangs out at around a hundred pounds. Um he would be bigger with so as a puppy, he's growing in He started to just like just hang out with me on the couch a lot. Like, eh, we'll just we'll just lay down for a few hours here and not move at all. And I thought it was kind of cute. So I called I started calling him old man Watson, because he just kind of acted like an old man. Like, nah, I don't really want to run. That's just kind of I'll just saunter into the room. I'm not going to move real fast anywhere. <laughs> uh, so I started calling old man Watson, even though he was a puppy. And then our vet ended up doing a, a checkup on him. And she's like, hey, you know that your dog's overweight, right? And I was like, well, I mean, he's a little, I mean, he's pretty lazy. So, I mean, that makes sense. She goes, no, no, like he's not, it's not a healthy, it's not a healthy level that he's at. <laughs> And I said, oh. And she said, would you mind if I did some blood work? And I said, sure. So she ends up finding out that he has um, he has an issue with his weight. Uh, uh, what's it with? I don't remember at this point. Liver? Something. Not liver. It's not his liver. Uh, but he has an issue with maintaining weight, and so he has to be on... It's his thyroid. There we go. I knew I'd figure it out. Mm, Very yeah, yeah. different from your liver. But uh yeah, so he has to be on medication to maintain weight because he at that point had ballooned up to about 125 big Oof. boy. And like I said, he's yep. the cuddler. So Jovi will like lean into you, whereas Watson wants to be the blanket on top of you. Like he just wants to, and he, I do this every <laughs> once in a while, but he will lay and work hard to keep all of his body directly on me, and he'll like he'll bury his head under my chin, and then just stretch out the rest of his body on on me. It just he's a blanket. Um, he's a good boy. There, I have two fantastic dogs. Um, anyway, so that's Jovi and Watson. They're we love them. They're great, great dogs. Um, I have stories, but we don't. I feel like I've talked a lot.
0: They're great dogs. Yeah, they are great dogs. Um, they're not small. Tell, tell, tell one funny story. Hmm.
1: Um, funny. Let me see. Okay. This might be more funny with a visual aid. Um, but I will do the best I can uh at this point Watson is puppy like little guy um couple months old and we were you know we're housebreaking him we're training him uh, I would leave for work and we knew that if we downstairs was a lot safer I was like I will let you guys be free to roam downstairs not upstairs so we would put baby gates up on the on the stairwell so they couldn't get upstairs. At this time, we also had um, someone that we were letting live in our basement a friend of, a mutual friend of ours. This yeah. mutual friend um, bought toilet paper, like a Costco pack of toilet paper. Yeah. He did not put it in a place that was out of reach for the dogs. So I leave and go to work, and, you know, the guy that lives downstairs, he leaves and goes to work, and Amy's at work, and I come home, and it's in, I think it's the afternoon, like, it wasn't even lunch, it was afternoon, and um, I go downstairs to check on the dogs, and both of my dogs are sitting at the gate they're not jumping up or anything like that. They're behaving very well, and they're just so excited to see me. Tails are just wagging like they're so proud and so happy. At life is as good as yeah. it possibly could get. Uh, if they could talk, they're like, "Dad, you can't believe, you can't believe the day we've had. You would be so proud. We've had a great day. You would day. be so proud of us." <laughs> okay, now back to the toilet paper, the Costco-sized. Package of toilet paper as I get down to like the last couple steps I start to see that there's pieces on the floor I have video evidence of this I took I I saw some pieces on the floor and I was like hold on I think this may need some some recording so I pull out my phone and I start recording so but as you see the video on my phone I am seeing it for the first time also um There's like a few small pieces of toilet paper on the ground by them. And then you turn the corner in like from the staircase into the main area of our basement. They had destroyed an entire (laughs) Costco pack of toilet paper. Um, There was not any rolls left. Every roll had been chewed up and, and they're not eating it. They're just tearing it up into pieces like... Two three inch pieces is the best. It looked like it had snowed in my basement. It was, (laughs) and it wasn't like a. It wasn't just a like a little little bit like a drift of snow. This was deep. We're going deep. I'm getting a shovel out. Uh, Yeah, I felt bad because the guy obviously the guy's living in their basement because he needed to save a buck or two, and here he'd spent some of his hard earned money on a Costco sized pack of. Toilet paper. And then my dogs <laughs> destroyed it, all of it. <laughs> I was like, well, uh, you can use uh, some of our toilet paper for a little bit. <laughs>
0: um, the best thing is like total dog, any dog will do this, Yeah, where they thought they did a good job. <laughs>
1: oh, my goodness. In the, so there's a comment there's that like, I made. We did it. That, like, I, I feel like... Some of the funniest things that I say in life are not the things that I plan to say, but Watson is just so proud of himself. I mean, he is right in my face the whole time. Like, do you see this? Can you imagine how hard I've worked for just for you to experience this yep. with me? He's so proud. And yep. I'm just with a smile on my face and I'm petting him like, Watson, this—you you did a really good job. You have no idea. You're yeah. going to get your balls cut here in just like a week because like, the appointment was already made. I was like, enjoy it now while it lasts because yeah. you're going to be yeah. in so much pain in just a little bit, buddy. Yeah.
0: Uh, That's amazing.
1: The video, like I said, the video is pretty, it's golden. It's one of my favorites that I have um, outside of the videos of my Not son. i see that. Yeah.
0: I don't know if I've seen that video.
1: I'll shoot it to you sometime
0: uh yeah so that's my dogs that's dogs. my dogs I my dog story
1: um I mentioned we're debating on another dog breed uh yeah my wife um has been real obsessed with Bernadoodles so the Bernese mountain dog with the poodle so okay. it's still yep minimal shedding or minimal to like no shedding and just a little bit more coloring on there um Anyway, that's what that's what she's real determined. She's like, we just got to wait till one of our dogs die, and then we're gonna get one of those. I was <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess that's how that works. I'd, but
0: I'd maybe make sure you're the one feeding Jovi for the next few months. Uh, well,
1: <laughs> that's funny. But also, so Jovi's smaller, quite a bit smaller than Watson. I mean, she's fifty-five pounds. He's about a hundred. Uh, he's got the thyroid thing. She just seems to be overall like more like healthier than he, him. Yeah. I tried to stagger them so it's like we're going to At this point it's like a race to the finish line. I don't know. I don't yeah. know who's going to last longer. So we'll see. We'll see. Oh, interesting. Anyway, that's enough of my dogs. Love my dogs. They're great. Um it's, I they like are good. I like big dogs. Um, because I feel like I can play rough with them a little bit. Like they're my boys, and and Jovi's like totally, yeah. Uh, you went a different route. Yeah. Tell me, tell us about yeah. your dogs.
0: Well, I mean, I love big dogs as well. The second, the second I own my own property, and I can have a fenced-in backyard, yeah, I'm getting a big dog. It's a big piece. Uh a gigantic dog uh so we we rent right now and we we lived in apartments for a while we live in a house now but it's not our house so we went small dog um Mm -hmm. i grew up with grew up with small dogs and uh similar to your story my wife never had a pet of any kind no cat no fish no hamster nothing uh until our first dog so we were married for a few years and we got a shih tzu purebred shih tzu and um, her name is phoebe and she is the sweetest pup of all time and i love her very much and then about two years into that we decided that she needed a friend and so we went to the went to the same breeder and got another shih tzu and uh her name is phyllis so we have Phoebe and Phyllis. They're two years apart. And they have the same dad, but they have different moms. So uh, they they look similar as far as their, like, physical structure. Uh, but it's the th- most hilarious thing because our vet has told us multiple times, every time we take them in, that Phoebe is the biggest shih tzu she's ever seen and Phyllis is the smallest shih tzu she's ever seen. <laughs> that was in no way intentional uh, they're different colors too but like their faces yep. their faces look the same but Phoebe is a gigantic shih tzu like when we if we like go to the dog park or something go downtown walk around or whatever we'll, we'll feel go for like that's in the park and...
1: that's a oxymoron a gigantic shih tzu
0: she's a gigantic <laughs> shih tzu like pe- people will stop because she's really really cute yeah. and she's a really really good dog and um, people, you know, as they do when you have a cute dog, they'll stop and pet it. And the amount of times we've been like, "She's a Shih Tzu," and people were like, "This is not a Shih Tzu," and I'm like, "I swear, <laughs> she, I have the paperwork. She's she's just a freak. She's she's the she's the Giannis Antetokounmpo of <laughs> Shih Tzu. Dude, she's so long. How how she, much like, does she regular, weigh? Like Phyllis can. She weighs like she weighs like ten pounds, but uh, she's so stinking tall, like. She's so high off the ground. She looks hilarious. She's like a dog on high heels. It's very funny and very cute to me. Um, and then Phyllis is the exact opposite. Her legs are two inches tall, and she weighs four pounds, and they're both <laughs> fully grown. So we have a 10-pound jitsu and a four-pound jih tzu. Um, Which, I mean, in the, if you hoot. think about
1: that, that's two and a half times. I mean, we just were like, yeah. cool, that's only six yeah. pounds and, difference. It's and two like and, 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 and a half times.
0: Yeah, and according to our vet, like a regular Shih Tzu should be like between between like six and eight pounds, and we have a four pounder and a ten pounder. <laughs> so it's pretty funny, uh, but their best their best friends. They all they do is they're either sleeping or wrestling. There is no middle ground. Mm-hmm. They're constantly running laps around our house, chasing each other. If, if we're out in the backyard, they're just sprinting, chasing each other, tackling each other. It's very, very cute and very fun. Um, but my favorite dog story, I have lots of stories about my dogs, but my favorite dog story is not about one of these dogs. It's about my childhood dog, which was also a Shih Tzu from the same breeder. Hilarious as that is. My parents have had five Shih Tzus from the same breeder. And we joined in and got two from the same person. So um Hey, you might as well keep on supporting them, right? They've all been great. So why would you if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? Um so years ago, uh it, we we got this dog, we got this dog when I was very young. And uh we got it from some friends and the dog's name was LD. And it came with that mm. name. And when we got the dog uh he was about one year old, and we didn't know why he was named LD, like the initials, the letter L, the letter D. Yeah, I remember LD. LD
1: yeah, was around. Is LD still
0: around? No, 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 no. Okay. This story takes a dark turn.
1: I remember. Uh, I remember LD when you were growing up. Like I remember. I remember. Him.
0: Yeah, he's around. He's he he was awesome and super fun, kind of like I mean not kind of. He was the he was like our family. You know, he was the dog yeah. I had as a kid. Like he's yep. like, when I think of my childhood, LD's a part of it. So we get him when he's like one, and I'm I'm like late elementary school, like perfect age to get a dog. And we have LD. Everything's great. He's an awesome dog. I've moved. You know, fast forward. 10 or more years. I moved to Spokane. Eldie's getting old. And uh my dad calls me and he's like, You'll never guess what happened to Eldie today. And I'm like, Oh, this is the call. Uh LD, LD yeah. passed, you know, he's gone. Good he's a good boy. And my dad what had happened is my dad uh, took took Eldie to the groomer. And at this point, my parents had also had gotten a puppy. So they had two dogs. And they took both dogs to the groomer, take the dogs to the groomer like every three or four months or whatever, pretty standard procedure, small town. So the groomer was familiar with the dog and and brought the dogs in. My dad drops them off and my dad leaves. And like five minutes later, the, the lady at the groomer calls my dad and she's hysterical. She's sobbing. She's losing her mind. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. LD died. And my dad's like, I just, I was there five minutes ago. What do you mean he died? And he's he's probably like 11 or 12 years old yeah. at this point. And uh, so it wasn't like shocking, but my dad's like, it's okay. Like, I'll come right back. I'm, you, know, you didn't do anything wrong. It's okay. And she's like, I just put him in the tub. As soon as I turned the water on, he died. He just let, rolled over and died. My dad's like, what the heck? Okay. So he goes down there. He's trying to like comfort this, you know, poor woman who's, in a terrible situation, and uh, so he turns back around. I mean, he's five minutes away. He turns back car, Turns his car around, goes back to the place, and and uh, he walks in, and the lady's holding Eldie, and he's totally alive. And she's she's like rejoicing. She's so happy. She's singing. She's like celebrating.
1: <laughs> Seriously,
0: she's like having a party. What is she and singing? It, she's just like oh, celebrate <laughs> yeah what are we singing and, and my dad is so pumped you know he's just like so confused this lady's so pumped and uh she explains she explains that when she turned the water on it it, it must have just scared him really bad or something <laughs> she says he died she's like i checked his pulse it was heart was not beating anymore <laughs> <laughs> She <laughs> and she's like a professional You know she's around She's not a vet but yeah. she's around dogs all day Every day you know she's like she knows what she's doing And she said she Picked him up out of the tub So he's soaking wet And she just started petting his belly And after about 10 seconds he just went <gasps> And he took a huge breath and opened his eyes And came back to life
1: <laughs> Little did you all know LD Shih Tzu also part fainting goat that's the that yes. was the breed that snuck in there.
0: Unbelievable! That's wild. So, we from that point on, we called him Lazarus. <laughs> he lived. He lived well, for like another Lazarus two dog, years. LD, yeah, LD Lazarus dog. He lived for like another two years, and then this is the cherry on top of that story. I mean, like I said, childhood dog the whole time, and at this point. You know, a few years have gone by. My brother, my little brother is now out of the house. He's at college and uh, I'm up in, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out how to make a living and be a grown up and stuff and wake up one morning. Actually, I was at work because I had a job that I worked early and I check my phone at one point. I have a text from my dad and it's to me and my brother and the text, the text says FYI, Dog is dead. <laughs> and that and that's how my dad told me and my brother that our childhood best friend, our dog LD, <laughs> had died in the night. Is he said I took a screenshot because I was like, Are you freaking joking me right now? This is how you're telling me that my this dog is... died? At, no punctuation. FYI dog is dead. Not resurrecting this time. Nothing. He's got, and I like text my brother. And I'm like, did dad just tell us that Eldie died? And he's like, my brother's like, I don't know, but that sucks. Like, what a terrible way to break the news. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my dad just, he was just like, I don't know. Yeah, he died. He, I went to feed him this morning and he was dead. So I took him out to the woods. <laughs> so, I thought I, so I thought I'd tell you. I'm like, all right, rest in peace, little buddy. For
1: your Great information. Pop- yeah. No, that's too yeah, many we, words. We're going to abbreviate that. FYI. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Dog is dead. FYI, dog is dead. So, two great stories from one great dog, you know. That's, that is.
1: It could only have been better had LD died at the actual groomers again.
0: Oh, wow. That would have been the real cherry on that top. That would have been like,
1: and you're not coming back. And the, the yeah. owner's just like, Petting the dead dog on the belly, like no, this happened before. It's gonna be, it's this gonna be works, fine. This this works. Works. <laughs> no, I remember this dog does this. You just have to pet its belly long enough.
0: Yeah, old Ellie,
1: What, Ellie. what a good guy. What a good guy. May he rest in peace.
0: May he rest in peace. I'll see him someday. Hopefully,
1: all dogs go to heaven, right? You know, that's a that's a theory. That's a my. I've heard a lot of people say. If heaven doesn't have dogs in it, then heaven might not be as good as I thought it would be. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's a...
0: Yeah. My grandpa used used to have this thing that hung in his garage, like a little sign that he bought at a craft fair or something. And it said, if you can't fish in heaven, I ain't going.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say that. Said uh, I've only had one in dog beers.
0: That's a that's also a great yeah. That's a great joke. Yeah, I've it's... only had one in dog beers. Um, one thing I thought about, I actually wrote it down because I think it's so funny. But you mentioned your um your German dog, your wire hair Hogan German point. Oh,
1: when I was growing up, Brinka.
0: Yeah, yeah, Brinka, Brinka. Uh, the most dad move of all time and maybe you'll do this move someday cuz you're a dad. Sure am. Is is to get a dog that you want as the dad. Yeah. And then tell your son this is your dog. Yeah. And the only reason you do that is to have that kid pick up dog poop.
1: Yeah. I remember That's the only reason. I remember a moment that I realized, "Oh, I don't think Brink is my dog." Because so Brink is a hunting she was she was bred hunting dog. And I don't I don't know if people, maybe this isn't true, but I feel like I've heard this before. Um, Hunting dogs, they have to be active all the time. Like, they're super energy all the time. Which means that Brinka would, she would get into trouble. Like, she would find stuff to just be doing. And it's like, that's not what you should be doing right now. But I get it. You've been still for five minutes, so you got to be doing something.
0: They have to work.
1: Yeah. So I remember one of them like I remember this very clear, and it was a moment that I realized, I don't think Brinka is my dog. I think she might be Dad's dog. <laughs> because Brinka had gotten in trouble. I don't know what she did. I don't know if she ran away, didn't come back. I don't know if she was I don't know what she was doing. But I remember my dad getting incredibly angry and going outside to discipline Brinka. And my mom and myself and one of my sisters stood at the window and watched my dad, I don't know if I should say this on the podcast, but I watched my dad, I'm going to say it anyway, I watched my dad grab a, like a, a switch, like a stick, not a stick, like I'm going <laughs> to club, not a club, but like, yeah, a, yeah. you know, like, like back a in the day, branch. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, pick out your switch that you're going to get spanked with yep. Uh And was spanking my dog. And I thought, oh, I don't think she's my dog. Yep. Yep. If that's what he's doing, if that's what he's doing, then that is definitely his dog. (laughs) That's not my dog. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I also remember I wanted to go out and save Brinka because I thought she was going to die. And Mm -hmm. my mom was like, no, 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 no. You just, dad, you just got to let dad do it. Or he yeah. might turn the switch on you. No, she
0: didn't say that. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, man. Your mom's like, see, Andrew, that's why you listen to what dad says. Because if not, he'll take you out back and beat the hell out of you. Yeah. Hey, go pick your switch. <laughs> Sometimes dogs need a little spanking, I think. Um,
1: oh, that's a whole other how to discipline dogs. You can get it. I mean, we could we could talk about that for an hour. You can get in a lot of a lot of hot water that way too.
0: People Mm -hmm. get real upset with that. Yeah, yeah. People that have never had a bad dog. Yeah, yeah. They're like, just be nice to it. Only give it treats. I'm like, you ever had a dog almost bite a kid? I have. (laughs) No, you hit them. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily fix it, but it stops it for the moment.
1: I was just always on guard with Hogan. I was it was like I reverted back to football days, like there may be a fumble at any time that I just have to dive yeah. on. Like I just have to be on guard whether yeah. it's my dad, some kid in our house, neighborhood child like I just got to be ready at any moment to be in between my dog and another person. Yeah.
0: That's not that's not the kind of dog you want.
1: No, that's no. exhausting.
0: It was, but still I still loved Hogan. him i I liked him, yeah, I liked playing catch in your backyard on tenth, yeah, fun thing. He really liked to play catch
1: um to hit golf balls, so you yeah. like I had a little pitching wedge back there, and we're not taking full swings or anything, but he would try to catch the balls in his mouth. That's great, uh, but he uh he jumped the gun once. And tried to catch it a little too quick and instead caught the club in his mouth. So mm. he had a dinger. D- he got a chipped tooth. <laughs> yep. That'll happen. <laughs> Which didn't make him any happier, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Did not help your cause. All right. Cool, man. Well, good talk. Dogs are fun. Beer is Dogs good. Dogs are great. I love hanging out with you.
1: Beers are fantastic. Um, if you're listening to this, thanks for Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah. you should definitely let us know what you're drinking. And also, yeah. uh, if you have had a dog or have any good dog stories, uh, we'd love to hear those also. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. Until next time. Until next time. May the, may the beers flow freely, my friend. Wow. Cheers. Cheers. See you, bro. See ya.